Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome to Top Stories of the Week, presented by Girl on the Gov the Podcast. This exclusive bonus episode drops on Tuesdays and gives you the 411 on the need to know political news and tea. So as always, we'll keep you updated. Welcome back to Top Stories of the Week. A lot of a lot of stories thrown through today. Mm-hmm. One like that is extremely devastating and frustrating and all of the bad things and all the bad feelings, but we'll be getting into that shortly. But before we do, Elizabeth Warren announced she's running for her third U.S. Senate term in 2024. Yes, she did. She sure did. There is our running election watch segment. Not much else to say except for I'm sure she's a shoe in. Yeah, I would have a hard time thinking that anyone else is going to jump into that race. One, she's an incumbent. Two, she's highly liked. Three, I can't, am I doing numbers or letters? I already forgot. Regardless of that, in this list is it's also Massachusetts. It's Massachusetts. So yeah. Um, Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. There are quite a few Republicans and Trumplicans and all the in-between in Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for just sure. Say. Other thing is, I guess it just fully rules her out of a presidential run, which not that I don't think anyone was predicting she would, but given yeah. that she ran last time around, that's just interesting to see her being like, nope, sticking with the Senate, at least for now. I'm not sure if her presidential ambitions are out the window at this point or if she's waiting for a different opportunity. She's also kind of on the older side. So I don't know if that's again, still in the cards for her, but she did make the run in 2020. So, and I will say this besides that, like, obviously, obviously we're Lizzie Warren fans here Mm. is that everyone and their mother that we've interacted with that's worked for Senator Warren has rave reviews. I like, like in a heartwarming way where you're just like, oh my God, you want her to run again just so you can be on the campaign. I mean, you can be on her Senate campaign for re-election. So I guess there's this opportunity. And one said person of the many that we've spoken to actually came on our podcast and talked about speech writing Mm. for the Warren campaign during the presidential times. True. Uh, Look at us. I know. Look at us. So yeah, that episode... Not too far back in the library with Christopher Huntley. Go listen. Um, The other thing that just makes me think of is, Mm. you know, that video, I think it was right when like Roe got overturned of her like storming. She's like storming out of the Capitol somewhere. I don't know. She's outside all these like paparazzi. Storming the Capitol? (laughs) (laughs) Storming outside the Capitol. Just stomping around angry. And she... Is just getting swarmed by reporters and you could see like one of her staffers is literally like holding her arm like holding her up and she's like okay there's a curb coming like she's just like ranting about Roe and just the the passion the passion and to be to be like her staffers being like oh Lizzie Lizzie there's a curb (laughs) (laughs) I love it we'll have to at some point share some of those screenshots (laughs) we talked about last week our stint with Next Gen America organizing for the Wisconsin Supreme Court race via Hinge. And boy, we got some absolute doozies. And I got like mostly good responses. I think I got a lot of dudes to be like, yeah, I'm showing up April 4th. Let's go. And that was really about Milwaukee. I went to Madison and I was in Milwaukee. I chose the wrong city. Yeah. It was really sad having to like let him down because I really, I was fully, fully (laughs) leading these men on. Like I felt so bad. So that's the one caveat of the dating app organizing is 
you might have to break some hearts if you're not physically in that city. Right. But at the end of the end of the day, you're breaking hearts for democracy. And you mm-hmm. know, that's a noble effort at the end you of know, the day. You know, it would actually noble sacrifice. Be- an added element to this. Like if you're ever feeling you're doing this and you're feeling guilty about it in any way or just awk or whatever is just maybe like make it a game of break as many hearts as guys have ghosted you. Well, that would be a long list for me personally. Exactly. Um, Same. But I don't want to, you know, just get that karmic cycle continuing for people, you know, mm-hmm. especially okay, innocent, you have a point. innocent souls who didn't actually do that to me. If all the ghosts of my past, you know, I'll take the high road. I wish them, I wish them love and light. Mm. (laughs) Wow. Wow. That makes one of us. I wish hell and hell fire upon mine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's okay. Uh, You know, it's just, whatever. It's a Monday and I'm not feeling mature. Well, just one last thing of the next gen organizing go check mm-hmm. out their website and follow them on social media because they do these dating app organizing events and even if you just want to hop in and do it you can probably just join the training and have one of their organizers teach you how to do it it doesn't have to be like a specific event but that election is coming up and if you want to have some fun and go on dating apps to just for the entertainment plus the fact that you are literally organizing for a crucial election it's a really fun activity so go check it out. If you want to get involved, also you can let us know and we can help connect you with somebody there. But try it out. It's a good time. And again, a great action item. So do it to it. Totally. Let's get in to these top stories of the week. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. And kicking it off with a very, again, unfortunate one, like we mentioned in the beginning, this broke this morning and... I don't even have words to say anymore about this topic, but a female shooter wielding two assault style rifles and a pistol. Oh, I didn't know there's three whole guns on this person killed three students and three adults at a private Christian school in Nashville on Monday in what marks the latest in a series of mass shootings in a country growing increasingly unnerved by bloodshed in schools. The suspect also died after being shot by police following the violence at the Covenant School, a Presbyterian school for about 200 students from preschool through sixth grade. Police said the shooter was 28 years old, a 28-year-old woman from Nashville after initially saying she appeared to be in her teens. Authorities were working to identify her and whether she had a connection to the school. The killings come as communities around the nation are reeling from a spate of school violence, including the massacre at elementary school in Uvalde, Texas last year, a first grader who shot his teacher in Virginia and a shooting last week in Denver that wounded two administrators that we didn't hear about. That's the just oh commentary. I feel like we just there's a lot of this shit that still happens that like doesn't make national news, which is crazy. Well, that yeah. one I knew about because I am a subscriber to the Denver Post and <laughs> your girl gets about 10 updates a day from them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. regardless, what was actually super wild about that is that particular high school actually participated in a walkout against gun violence and in support of an assault weapons ban the week prior. Yeah. So you have this wow. school in Denver this that is literally in support of gun regulations makes a big step, not even a big step, like makes a move and activates around this issue. Nearly a week later, the issue they're organizing around literally impacts their school directly because it happens on their school grounds. Like, Mm. yeah, I have chills. I, I just, I can't, I can't. And the, again, just the point to mass shootings happening all the time. And there's literally now becoming, it's becoming like selective, which ones make it into major headlines and national media. So crazy stuff. President Joe Biden was scheduled to address the Nashville shooting on Monday afternoon. The tragedy unfolded over roughly 14 minutes. Police received the initial call about an active shooter at 10, 13 a.m., Officers began clearing the first story of the school when they heard gunshots coming from the second level. Police spokesperson Don Aaron said during a news briefing, two officers from a five-member team opened fire in response, fatally shooting the suspect at 1027 a.m., Aaron said. He said there were no police officers present or assigned to the school at the time of the shooting because it is a 
church-run school. The Covenant School's victims were pronounced dead upon arrival at the Monroe Carroll Jr. Children's Hospital and Vanderbilt University Medical Center. One officer had a hand wound from cut glass. Other students walked safely Monday holding hands as they left their school surrounded by police cars to a nearby church to be reunited with their parents. In a tragic morning, Nashville joined the dreaded long list of communities to experience a school shooting, Mayor John Cooper wrote on Twitter. My heart goes out to the families of the victims. Our entire city stands with you. Democratic State Rep Bob Freeman, whose district includes the Covenant School, called Monday's shooting a, quote, unimaginable tragedy. I live around the corner from Covenant and pass by it often. I have friends who attend both church and school there, Freeman said in a statement. I have also visited the church in the past. It tears my heart apart to see this. It's just, it's one insane that we continue to live like this in this country. It's too insane that we have state legislatures that are late, oh my God, legislators that are prioritizing drag bans, book bans, and things of that nature, but not the safety of children, which is clearly disrupted by guns slash, are you kidding? And then in addition to this, one thing that just like pops into mind is our conversation with former Parkland mayor, Christine Hanschofsky, mm-hmm. who talks about what it's actually like in these communities after a shooting and from the days after to the weeks after what changes, what shifts and like how this impacts people in the long run. So it's like, first of all, people lost their lives. Point one. Second of all, you have then people too, everyone involved in this that is going to be scarred and traumatized for life. Mm -hmm. And then in addition to that, now when you run for public office, regardless of this being a larger metropolitan area, city, et cetera, is you have to think about what will I do in the case of a mass shooting impacting some location in my town, city, district, et cetera, and how will I prepare everything around me and this area to react? Yeah. Like that, you can't, it doesn't matter how small, how big your geographic area is that you're elected to represent. You have to almost expect at this point that you're going to be responding to some type of mass shooting while in office in your area. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. And again, just back to the point too, you made about these legislators making these pieces of legislation on banning drag to protect children, banning books, all the abortion conversation and, you know, being pro-life and protecting the unborn child. Yet there are literal like elementary school kids. I just can't even like wrap my head around that, that someone could go do that. And then not only like this type of event could even happen, but then like as a leader and as a legislator and as someone in elected office, you're not doing everything in your power to make sure this never happens again. Like, especially if you're over the past year, I've been advocating for all these crazy policies to protect children that are insane and like don't have any validity to them. But something like this where like the gunning down of elementary school kids isn't enough for you to take action in any way because that's the other thing like even if their views on this issue that it's not about guns then what is it about because whatever you think it might be about then at least try to make a solution around that like do something because there's still not even like whether it's mental health that they think is the problem or whatever it is that these let's be real republican legislators think is the problem and the solution for this issue like then then do that because if you have solutions or ideas of what the problem is, then act. But they're not doing that either. Also, also just the prioritization of guns over people, but continually. People. It's insane continually. to think like, oh, my God, this object, this dangerous killing object is more valid and worth more than a human life. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like... and I. Yeah. Oh, and this object has more rights than most people in this country. Terrible. And they make it seem like having a gun is a human right, but it's almost as if they're like giving guns human rights. <laughs> if that makes sense. You know a thousand I mean? percent. No, I, I totally know what you mean. It. 
I, I totally agree with that. And I also think, and I've probably made this argument before, and I can't even believe we're still having to rehash these things because we've been doing this for so long in terms of like reporting on mass shootings. I honestly, you know what would be interesting, but probably vile is at the end of the year, our recap, how many mass shootings we had to cover during top stories in this year. And that I would, would literally be probably like 2% of the actual amount of mass shootings that even right. happened, the ones right. we report on. So, Because mass shootings require a certain amount of people to be killed. Yeah, but then again, even back to our conversation about how a lot of right. them don't even get covered by the media anymore because it's just run-of-the-mill day in the fucking United States of America. So other thing I just wanted to highlight Every town has a little blurb about Tennessee and some of their gun laws, which I found interesting. So Tennessee has weak gun laws and a high gun death rate. The legislature recently passed permitless carry and continues to introduce other harmful legislation, such as guns on campus and expansions to the state's shoot first law. The state has closed the Charleston loophole, giving law enforcement enough time to conduct background checks. Tennessee also closed dangerous loopholes that allowed domestic abusers to buy guns. So there's some movement in Tennessee around some gun reform, but in average, an average year, 1,385 people die from guns in Tennessee, and every town rates them number 29 in the country for gun law strength. So very interesting. And then the other thing that was just wild today piece of this conversation is that literally last week, Tennessee, the Senate passed a bill lowering the age to carry a firearm without a permit from 21 to 18. So again, the irony of, of that is wild. It's wild. And it's also one of those things. I said this in our newsletter day, which by the way, just quick plug, go sign up for it. What is like the desired goal here? Like what is the perfect life? Like you are a Republican legislature. What are you looking at? Like even safe storage laws. Like you would think, hmm, like mm-hmm. safe storage, like making sure that kids are not able to access their parents' firearms. And people act like this is the world's worst thing. Do you want your four-year-old accidentally grabbing your gun and shooting your other kid like really that's the world that's the worry you want to have no it's crazy well (sighs) all of that the rants aside we can't stop talking about this issue and the action around it can't stop so you can text act act to 64433 to demand action to end gun violence. That is every town's little action item. And then we will also be posting to our Instagram stories, anything else that comes up for what we can do around this issue. But also always call your reps, email them, don't stop making noise. So, and that's always an option for you to do on any day. But that's that story. Hey guys, popping in with a reminder to sign up for the GovHub newsletter. This weekly pop of politics is designed to share action items, resources, and quick links to civic engagement tools and topics directly to your inbox. Save it, share it, and sign up for a pinch of productive politics today by going to girlinthegov.com or visiting this episode's description. If you work in the political space, listen up. Here at Girl on the Gov, we have built our whole business around effectively marketing political messaging through digital media. And we want to help you do the same. We have a full digital media consulting menu these days, tailored specifically to the political space. Number one, hashtag viral. It is our paid social media newsletter that comes straight to your inbox every Tuesday. If you've ever thought uh, this meeting could have been an email, this newsletter is for you. We give basics to best practices, platform updates, and the content ideas you need to go hashtag viral. And for offering number two, if you want some one-on-one face-to-face attention, we offer that too. We provide social media audits and consulting to help you achieve the conversions and engagement you've been hoping for from your social media content. And number three, in our newest edition, Podcast Consulting, we are the minds behind this gorgeous political podcast for young voters that we've been running for two and a half years now. So we know a thing or two about how not only to get a podcast off the ground, but how to grow an audience. We provide podcast consulting for anyone trying to get their podcast started or provide podcast audits for those who have started their pod but want to see it take off. Podcasting is a great new in-house digital media marketing tool and a great way for any candidate elected or org to amplify their work and their voice. 
So head to girlinthegov.com slash consulting to learn more about our services and to sign up for hashtag viral to start slaying the beast that is digital media. Skeptical about custom beauty? I get it. My feed is flooded with customized this and personalized that, all promising to fix my split ends and my dry skin and all of the things. But when pros says custom, they actually mean it. It's no gimmick. And your formula literally couldn't exist without you. Each and every bottle of Pro's custom hair care and skin care is made to order and personalized with a unique blend of naturally powerful and proven effective ingredients to meet your needs. Their in-depth consultation analyzes over 80 factors for a complete view of your life and beauty goals, and they get personal. Pro's covers everything from diet, exercise, and stress levels to uncover what's impacting your hair and skin health. They even asked me about, you know, where I live, the water hardiness that I have coming from my shower, UV index, all of the things. Next, they recommended a full routine of truly personalized products, which were only produced after I placed my order. Nothing premixed, nothing off the shelf. And I know from experience, one-of-a-kind formulas equal one-in-a-million results. Since I switched to pros, I've noticed that my hair is... Definitely fuller. I have thinner hair that just like will not hold a curl or stay voluminous. And ever since using pros, that has changed. But don't just take my word for it. In a third-party, double-blind, dermatologist-supervised, controlled clinical study, aka the gold standard in research studies, pros proved that personalization works better than off-the-shelf alternatives. Try it for yourself and get your healthiest hair in 30 days or your money back. Pros is so confident that you'll love your results that they're offering an exclusive trial offer. So you can see the difference custom care can make. 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash girlandgov. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash G-I-R-L-A-N-D-G-O-V for your free consultation and 50% off your one-of-a-kind formulas. Pros.com slash girl and gov. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Moving, moving right along to another one that I truly cannot with. Speaking of our government prioritizing the wrong fucking things. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this literally speaks right to it. Literally, when children are getting gunned down in schools, yet we're talking about banning a social media app I just can't. My TikTok feed, I had I had to actually stop watching TikTok because of the TikToks about the TikTok hearing. Like it was making me so angry. I was like, this is insane. Well, you know, I think before we even get into this one, what was so interesting is the coverage is people that actually use TikTok, slash young people in general, were looking at this hearing and going, Oh my God, Congress is literally a bunch of morons. They don't understand technology. They're not in the 21st century. Like, are you kidding me? These questions connecting to the Wi-Fi? Are you kidding me, sir? I think there are absolutely security concerns with the app, just like there are concerns with every other social media app. If it gets to the Senate, I'm raising hell. If it gets to Biden's desk and Biden doesn't fucking slap that shit away, I will raise hell. If this is actually a bipartisan bill and Warner is like the lead on it and he's a venture tech guy Mm -hmm. so it's actually very possible that this gets through i did see an article i'm saying it will be literally the dumbest thing that especially democrats can do i'll tell you that also dumb for themselves because this is where young people organize and with that especially on the left so yeah. well, you can go through the story first because I have so many, so many thoughts. So maybe let's just get into it first. Also, just yes. like justice for the CEO. Like, I don't know. I don't really know anything about him, but like all I know is he's 
precious and like I just want to protect him at all costs I know again he could be like some corrupt little guy I don't know yeah, like totally. but I just personally from the videos <laughs> and he's just like the way he held his composure I'm just like this man I love him but again also, I, don't, like, I don't know anything about him I could be wrong fair side note it's so funny like granted like we're host CEOs and like we run our own shit and whatever but like I've always been like oh my god like I want to like, or when I was young, when I was younger, a wee thing, I want to run like a fortune 500 company, be like the first to do blah, 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 whatever. If I had to testify in front of Congress, I would cry. I would actually cry. So now I'm like, you know what? That dream over. We're not going to be publicly traded at girl in the gov. I could never. Anyways, this story, the TikTok hearings on the one side are dozens of lawmakers on Capitol Hill. We're issuing dire warnings about security breaches, possible Chinese surveillance. What happened to the balloon, by the way? We never got any balloon updates. That kind of vanished from the headlines. Mm. Hmm. Interesting. Nonetheless, on the other are some 150 million TikTok users in the U.S. who just want to be able to keep making and watching short, fun videos, offering makeup tutorials, dog videos. That was my ad, by the way. Cooking lessons and other things. Facts. The disconnect illustrates the uphill battle that lawmakers from both sides of the aisle face in trying to convince the public that China could use TikTok as a weapon against the American people. But many users on the platform are more concerned about the possibility of the government taking away their favorite app. The TikTok CEO said during a nearly six-hour congressional hearing Thursday, side note, I would have peed my pants. (laughs) Six hours? Actually, I think V even had a post about this because they were at the hearings oh my god and the way that v was just in the background i was like i it also the one video i watched it looked like they were like photoshopped in i was like is that v <laughs> i was like wait a second this is iconic first of all so and good. if i were to pick anybody on the planet to be at those hearings it would be v but oh mm-hmm. god. I, I was like honestly I, so much no I know that person. (laughs) Regardless, luckily they did not pee their pants as far as we know. During this hearing, the TikTok CEO said the platform has never turned over user data to the Chinese government and wouldn't do so if asked. Nevertheless, lawmakers, the FBI, and officials at other agencies continue to raise alarms that Chinese law compels Chinese companies like TikTok's parent company, ByteDance, to fork over data to the government for whatever purposes it deems to involve national security. There's also concern Beijing might try to push pro-China narratives or misinformation through the platform. Side note, I have never, ever had any China-related content ever pop up on our feed. Never. Not one bit, not one thing about China going to China, traveling to China, communist regime, like nothing. Like genuinely not a thing. My thoughts will pour out. I have so much to say. Well... Moving on to a comment from Republican Representative Dan Crenshaw said, I want to say this to all the teenagers out there and TikTok influencers who think we're just old and out of touch and don't know what we're talking about, trying to take your favorite app. You are out of touch. (laughs) Just plain and simple. Like, I'm so sorry that we hurt your feelings, Danny boy. Anyways, he said, you may not care that your data is being accessed now, but you will one day. Look, I do care that my data is being accessed. I do care that my it's ending up been in being the- accessed since I years. watched my Facebook in 2011. Literally. My Sir. Snapchat, my group me, my WhatsApp when I studied abroad. My I literally mean- like, let's talk about Apple. If anyone, like, literally Apple not only is that, right. has my Instagram and my Facebook and my TikTok, like it has my, my everything. Literally what, everything. There's no mention- way that Apple can't access all my shit. It's all right here. They have they have all of me. All the shit. <laughs> they own me. <laughs> like, why aren't we talking about that? No, literally, everyone's got our data at this point. Everyone's got their hands in the cookie pot. Like, cookie pot? Cookie jar. And like I also that. just, like, again, back to, like, the national security of it all. I really do understand the banning of TikTok on government devices. That makes total sense. Like, especially if we know that there is potential national security threat when it comes to TikTok accessing data, for sure, government devices should not have the app. 
But like what what kind of national security data are they are they pulling from me? You know what I mean? Like or you or everyone who uses TikTok. What kind of national security threats can come from them accessing that data? That's what and listen, I mean I literally there probably is an answer for that, but what are they they're not painting that picture for us. I feel like that is a major communications moment that they need to push out there. If there is an actual threat here, show us, tell us, because like, it's just, it's so convoluted and like confusing for so many people. And to just put this out there of like, yeah, they can access our data and that will in turn be a national security threat to the United States. Right. You're, that's such a good point. The communications around it, if that is the case, is totally botched because I do, there's none of it. I do see a world in which this is a problem. And I do see a way in which information and data is used against citizens, used as a weapon for sure. I do really get it. But I, you just present such a good point. Like, then detail those scenarios out. And again, and again, this then has to be across the board. Right. This can't just be a meta one and talking to you. Yeah. Twitter. I, yeah. And I also just like think this is a very such an American centric mindset that like we're not gonna, you know, set this standard and regulate this for these American companies, just this mm-hmm. Chinese one because of whatever threats the tension between our two countries. But it's like we have these two major American based social media companies that actually literally have a track record of interfering with our elections and to a a really dangerous extent like it is to be argued that like Donald Trump like literally could have not even won without the meta and the Twitter of it all right there was never even a ban in consideration when those hearings were happening they were talking about like like regulations and everything which were valid but a complete ban was never ever in the picture when talking about the way that facebook and twitter harvest data you know so it's like bring that same energy anyways moving on from commentary many tiktok users reacted to the hearing by posting videos critical of lawmakers who grilled chu and frequently cut him off from speaking Some call the potential TikTok ban as some lawmakers and the Biden administration has reportedly threatened the biggest scam of the year. And others blame the surge of scrutiny on the platform on another tech rival, Facebook founder Mark Zuckerberg. You know, it's funny because they all have, not all, but most of them have stock in Meta. How funny. How funny. Isn't that crazy? It's so crazy. You know, it's like, oh, they've got stock at Meta, mm. Marky Boy at Meta, founder of mm. Meta's like, hey, wanna like ice out my competition? Marky's like, stock. hey, competition's tough over here. We're not doing too hot. Can y'all do something about that? Thank you so much. Give which you some also, stock. Which also, it's like the context of them like not doing so hot is still doing so well and then just laying off thousands of people. Literally, the way in which like you could cut some of these executives' salaries in half and be able to pay so many people and not lay off so many people, and those execs still be very much in the green. Yeah, it's just also meta. Sorry, your products suck, and that you don't listen to your customers that like have asked for a chronological feed on Instagram for years. The hypocrisy in this whole episode, I can't like, I can't do it anymore. (laughs) I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) guys sorry this is the longest story ever we're just so annoyed it's just one of those things but we're gonna add a comment here from actually like a girl of the podcast guest well he did not say this on the pod just side note but go listen to this episode representative rokana of california district is the heart of silicon valley said that he's mindful of the value that platforms like tiktok provide to young people as an outlet for creative expression and building community there's absolutely no reason that an american technology company can't do that said akana the top democrat on the cyber subcommittee on the House Armed Service. America has the most innovative technology companies in the world. He added that Congress should move forward with a proposal that would force platforms, oh my, force the platform's sale to an American company for continued access for its millions of users 
while ensuring that the platform isn't subject to Chinese propaganda or compromises people's privacy. According to a survey by the Pew Research Center, two-thirds of Americans aged 13 to 17 use TikTok, and 16% of all teens say they use it almost constantly. It's because of TikTok's large user base that Lindsey Gorman, a former tech advisor for the Biden administration, who now works as a senior fellow for emerging technologies at the German Marshall Fund, says the Biden administration will likely pursue every option short of a ban first. That would include the option for the app's Chinese owners to to divest, which the Biden administration is reportedly demanding from TikTok if it wants to avoid a nationwide ban. TikTok itself has been trying to leverage its popularity. On Wednesday, it sent dozens of influencers to Congress to lobby against a ban. I'm so sad they didn't send us. Rude. Rude. It also ramped up a broader public relations campaign, plastering ads all over Washington that tout its promises of securing users' data and privacy, creating a safe platform for its young users. Some popular TikTokers who speak out against a ban are concerned and angered. Oh, there we are. About how it might impact their personal lives. Many earn income from their videos and have inked brand partnerships to market products to their audiences. Another stream of revenue that could be wiped away if the platform disappears. would also lose the social capital that comes from having a large following on the trend-setting app. I just think that is, like, the least of people's concerns. The social capital element of it all. Yeah. Like, Some of the commentary, too, just around this. And then, you know, these users just want to keep their app and have fun videos to watch. It's like... It's, it's not so much that, than that. It's so much bigger than that. It's so much deeper than that. And to paint the picture that like that's all people care about is insane and so frustrating. Like I understand that we are all addicted to social media and definitely all need to cut back on it. But to say that like the result that you're going to get on TikTok is going to be the same as you're going to get on YouTube or you're going to get on Instagram or you're going to get on LinkedIn is just not the case. And really, it's, this whole thing is about... And it's just not the argument. Let's just boil it down. Yeah, and it's just not the point. <laughs> like, No, it's the, not the point. I honestly literally probably... I would not give a shit if TikTok gets banned, like, for my own personal social life. Like, I don't fucking care. It would honestly right. be great for me to stop watching TikTok so much. That's not the point here. The point is it's so much bigger. It's government overreach. It's hypocrisy. And I think one of the biggest frustrations is especially when looking at this as a political issue, which it now is, TikTok has been used to mobilize people towards civic action. Yeah. Particularly young people. Not only to get out and vote, but to even in off years make noise about issues that matter and spread information that matters that isn't typically covered by mainstream media. And it allows for, again, issues that often fall under the radar, sometimes literally intentionally, to actually get the attention that it deserves and needs from, you know, what happened in Iran to the Willow Project to everything. Like, it's such a crucial way for information to be spread. And it's very people powered and it's very grassroots. And that is very dangerous to people in power, to corporations who are trying to get away with shit all the time. That's like my biggest concern is that it really just seems like an attack on that and the way that people are now able to spread information. And And again, that's just very threatening. That is like establishment on both sides of the aisle. Both too. sides. Like, and it's so This is clear. why you're seeing this legislation being bipartisan. Like, you don't think yeah. this threatens like the establishment dens? Yeah, it absolutely does. Right. And that's the thing too. It's like, as much as young people help Democrats get elected, I think that they think that they can do it without young people still. Oh, and totally. They probably would prefer that because- then they wouldn't have to actually respond to the issues that we care about and break the status quo that they're so used to when it comes to the certain issues that they prioritize, the money they take in from different corporations and special interests. It's all just so connected and it is very much a bipartisan issue. Both sides of the aisle have expressed support for this and to me, it's very clear that this is the establishment, the people in power wanting to silence really young people specifically and silence these issues that for we my, care about. 
For my Bravo fans, I want to just interject with a quick quote. Were you silent or were you silenced? Mm. If mm. you know, you know. Mm. True words have never been said. And that is what really drives me crazy. I've seen also like last week when all this was happening, everyone's commentary on TikTok that literally made me have to turn off because like everyone was just spewing facts, like right. just the way that. It's so clear this is an attack on young people and the hypocrisy of like, we have these mass shootings, we have climate change, we have all these real fucking issues that need to be addressed and they're going after this. And the the most frustrating part of that is that those issues that I just named are literally like the issues that young people care about and have been trying to make moves on for so long and have been using TikTok to spread awareness for them. So it's just so frustrating. And then again, on top of all of this, we have Meta and Twitter who are very dangerous as well and who harvest data and who breach their users' privacy regularly. And there's never a ban in conversation. And I hope what comes of this is a compromised version, which is not a ban and regulations, which I think Sam and I probably both are very much for regulations, especially on massive corporations. Right. So I hope something like that comes from this. Because again, I would hope that this isn't just coming from nowhere and that there is a legitimate threat that this is coming from. And if that's the case, like, first of all, I would love to know what that is and how that looks. Please lay it out in layman's terms for me. And second, let's regulate it. Let's not ban it because I just really it would be a very, very bad look for everyone involved Agreed. Um, who, who are elected officials. I'll say that. So, Well, speaking of elected officials with bad reputations, mm-hmm. we've got to talk about one that's no longer in elected office, was unfortunately in it, and is gunning for it again. And he is known most particularly for his spray tan and his bigotry. Do you want to take this one away? Yep. 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 Let's talk about Trump. Trump is in the news. Again, we talked about this last week, the potential indictment that's still in the cards. It hasn't happened yet, but is still expected to at some point. And Trump had a big rally recently. And some of the things that were said were pretty fucking heinous. But what are we surprised? Not really. Moving on to the story. Trumplandia. Facing a potential indictment, Donald Trump took a defiant stance at a rally Saturday in Waco, disparaging the prosecutors investigating him and predicting his vindication as he rallied supporters in a city made famous by deadly resistance against law enforcement. With a hand over his heart, Trump stood at attention when his rally opened with a song called, quote, Justice for All, performed by a choir of people imprisoned for the roles they played in the January 6th insurrection at the U.S. Capitol. Okay, this is heinous, but this event planner needs a raise because it's the detail. Why is Think it about so it. genius? It's so genius. <laughs> it's so genius for his brand. Like, genuinely. <laughs> so- nice work. I'm literally crying. <laughs> I need this video immediately. Thank you so much. It's um, also, I've heard this song because it was trending on IG Reels for a while. <laughs> and it is... It's, we shouldn't laugh because it's like actually really scary, but like it is something out of a bad, creepy, like well, World remember World his, movie. like his some of his rallies, I think in 2016, like the weird, like young girls with like wigs that would come and say he always has weird fucking performances, probably because there's no legitimate artist that would come perform at his rallies. That like, well, Kid Rock's a fan, so legitimate artists samantha oh okay fair point kid rock picture fantastic song with cheryl you know who also is a fan of trump the naked cowboy Mm, got it yeah well he wears he wears a little banana hammock but you know you get the idea Mm. so some footage from the insurrection was shown on big screens during this performance as well displayed at the rally site as the choir sang the national anthem and a recording played of trump reciting the pledge of allegiance I can't. I'm. I'm gonna. I can't believe he even knows the Pledge of Allegiance. (laughs) True. 
The extraordinary display opened Trump's first rally of his 2024 Republican presidential campaign. He then launched into a speech brimming with resentments and framed the probes, including a New York grand jury investigation, as political attacks on him and his followers. He said, you will be vindicated and proud. The thugs and criminals who are corrupting our justice system will be defeated, discredited, and totally disgraced. Trump's event at the airport grounds in Waco was part of a broader effort by the former president to use the potential indictment as a rallying cry for supporters who maintain his status as the GOP frontrunner in what is expected to be a crowded primary. It came one day after Trump raised the specter of violence should he become the first former president in the United States in history to face criminal charges. Trump declared his innocence in the Manhattan investigation into a hush money payment made during the 2016 election to porn star Stormy Daniels to keep her from going public about a sexual encounter she said she had with Trump years earlier. The grand jury hearing the case is expected to meet again on Monday. Trump said the Manhattan district attorney was investigating him for, quote, something that is not a crime, not a misdemeanor, not an affair. Some of Trump's recent rhetoric, including at the rally, has echoed language he used before the Capitol insurrection by a mob of his supporters seeking to stop the transfer of power to Democrat Joe Biden. Trump declared Saturday that his enemies are desperate to stop us and that our opponents have not done everything they can to crush our spirit and to break our will. He added, but they failed. They've only made us stronger and 2024 is the final battle. It's going to be a big one. You put me back in the White House. Their reign will be over and America will be a free nation once again fucking terrifying trump could be indicted soon by a manhattan grand jury investigating a hundred and thirty thousand dollar payment that trump's longtime lawyer and fixer michael cohen made as trump was in the throes of his 2016 presidential campaign trump later reimbursed cohen and his company logged the reimbursements as a legal expense cohen has already served time in prison after pleading guilty to campaign finance charges and lying to congress among other crimes trump's eyebrow raising choice of venue in Waco for his first rally came amid the 30th anniversary of the 51-day standoff and deadly siege between the U.S. law enforcement and the Branch Davidians that resulted in deaths of more than 80 members of the religious cult and four federal agents as and has become a touchstone for far-right extremists and militia groups. This is fucking crazy. crazy. There was this tweet that I saw, I think like Katie posted it, and it was like literally saying like nothing like a cult holding a meeting at a place where a former cult used to hold a meeting. Like, it's really... It's really crazy. However, I will say this, and this is, goes to the point of a rebrand, is when I think of Waco, Texas, I think of, like, Joanna Gaines and whatever, Chip Gaines, I think, the, like, farmhouse, like, Texas-y design couple. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but when I, like, think of, like, Waco, Texas, I think of it in that context, but... I think of it because there's a... Wave pool in Waco, Texas. That a what? What's like that? a surf wave pool. Have you heard of those? They're like man-made waves. And like there's one in California, but like the second one ever that popped up is in Waco, Texas, which is like so random. And anyway, so is it like kind of like what you see on those commercials for like cruise ships where there's like a wave, like a fake wave thing and people like technically, but it's like four uh-huh. surfers. So it makes like the perfect surf wave. Like pro surfers go and like actually it's like for now surf competitions for professionals like it's not like a wave pool you're like on a tube and you're just like riding the waves it's like legit surfing waves i need to google yeah. this because now i'm super curious but i will do that it's pretty this. interesting okay anyways trump's campaign insisted that the location and timing of the event had nothing to do with the waco siege or anniversary a spokesperson said the site 17 miles from the branch D- davidian compound was chosen because it was conveniently situated near four of the state's biggest metropolitan areas dallas fort worth houston austin san antonio and the infrastructure to handle a sizable crowd okay so interesting that they pr wise did not align but this was like i forget what the particular instance was but when he was going to have a rally in tulsa oklahoma Mm, yes and exactly was it on the anniversary of the tulsa massacre was yep. that what it was yes that's yes. okay yep. so so Still. true where it's like they're not openly saying it it's the quiet part aloud situation right exactly so at several points trump criticized ron DeSantis, who is expected to run for president and is seen as his strongest potential challenger and trump called his one-time ally ally disloyal and said he was dropping like a rock Audience members were holding red and white signs handed out by the campaign that said, witch hunt, Trump 2024, and I stand with Trump. And Trump has spent weeks now 
railing against the New York probe and in a post on his social media site on Friday warned of, quote, potential death and destruction in a false charge if he's charged with the crime. That's just a call for violence. So I feel like that's one of those ones where it's just so incredibly direct. Like, you know, it's literally saying it Mm -hmm. versus there are times where obviously we know what he's saying. He's a read between the lines moment. But like that ain't it. Like that's as clear as day. So as clear as day. Well, Trump has repeatedly invoked violence, urging his supporters to protest and used increasingly racist and dehumanizing rhetoric as he launched ever more personal attacks against Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg. On Friday, a powdery substance was found with a threatening letter in a mailroom at Bragg's offices. Authorities said officials later determined the substance was not dangerous. Even before the threatening letter was sent to Bragg's office, Democrats warned that Trump's remarks had the potential to incite violence. And Hakeem Jeffries said the twice impeached former president rhetoric is reckless, reprehensible, and irresponsible. It's dangerous. And if he keeps it up, he's going to get someone killed. In addition to the Manhattan case, Trump is also facing an investigation in Georgia over his efforts to overturn the results of the 2020 election, as well as federal investigations into his handling of classified documents and possible obstruction, as well as his efforts on January 6th. So the Trump saga continues. And I just hope it really does. It has a happy ending. Me too. And I really, really hope that no one dies as a result or is injured or anything like that as a result of his violent rhetoric i highly worry about that highly same all right well we got to get into his competition ronnie d i literally when i saw this on the sheet i was like is maddie trying to talk about jersey shore today (laughs) like that (laughs) was immediately your reaction to ronnie d that's it we haven't called him out before we haven't i kind of like it though I do too. But like, Wait, like Ronnie but, like, from Jersey Shore. Ronnie was, what was his last fucking name? Fucking mess. Who am I thinking? Oh my God, I'm combining Holly Ronnie D. and Polly. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it was. I was like, it sounds right. <laughs> <laughs> it's Ronnie Ortiz Magro. Mm. Well, regardless, yeah, I honestly kind of love the parallel between Ronnie and Ronnie D. Well, look, I've heard they're both horrendous. Toxic. Yeah, I was gonna say horrendous things about both of them. So it just kind of makes sense. Does. But regardless, I guess we gotta get into Ronnie D, which also reminds me of Sunny D, which is now making me thirsty. Regardless, Jim McKee is standing at the end of a line that snakes through five aisles of fiction inside the Books a Million store in Florida's capital city. He's smiling because in a matter of minutes, the book he's holding will be signed by its author. Ron DeSantis, the Republican Ooh. governor, who McKee, <laughs> I read this seriously, believes should be the nation's next president. As a former Donald Trump loyalist, a 44-year-old Tallahassee attorney almost whispers when he first says it out loud. Personally, I'd rather see DeSantis win the Republican primary than Trump, McKee says softly, having to repeat himself to be heard. His voice soon grows louder. Trump has upset so many people, McKee says. Now I'm whispering. DeSantis is more palatable. He's a good story to tell. What, him hanging out with underage high school students? Is that the good story to tell? Eek. Oof, oof. Indeed, conversations throughout Tallahassee's bookstores, conference rooms, state house offices, and sports bars reveal that DeSantis alleys are alleys. DeSantis's allies are gaining confidence as Trump's legal woes mount. The former president faces a possible indictment in New York over a stroll on hush money scheme. Circle back to the story before. The optimism around DeSantis comes even as an unlikely collection of establishment-minded Republican officials and Make America Great Again influencers raise concerns about the Florida governor's readiness for the national stage. DeSantis has stumbled at times under the weight of intensifying national scrutiny as he builds up his political organization and introduces himself to voters in key primary states. DeSantis's allies privately scoffed at recent reports of anonymous concerns over the direction of his campaign, noting there is no campaign. The 44-year-old governor isn't expected to launch his White House bid for at least two more months, and the first presidential primary contest is roughly 10 months away. Side note, it really, like, I forget that he hasn't announced yet. Like, it genuinely, like, 
Regardless, for now, DeSantis's team headquartered here on the front edge of Florida's panhandle believes he holds a position of strength among Republican voters. And as Trump fights to undermine DeSantis, his strongest Republican rival, the Florida governor's growing coalition is eager to highlight the contrast between the two men. We're calling them men. <laughs> okay. The two creatures. Creatures. That feels... There we go. Look, a rebrand. Another one. Boom. On one side stands Trump, a twice-impeached former president carrying a new level of turmoil and a toupee into the 2024 presidential contest. <laughs> Great nice job, one. me. Nice one. <laughs> Everyone we'll give her that one, just... folks. We'll give her that one. <laughs> On the other is DeSantis, a big state governor coming off a commanding re-election, who's a far more disciplined messenger and hyper-focused on enacting conservative, toxic, harmful, and bombastic side-eye-giving policies. Of all the things that Donald Trump has done and accomplished in his life, it's just constant chaos. And I think the American people are just tired of it, said Florida State Rep Spencer Roach, a former Trump supporter who thinks DeSantis would be a very formidable presidential candidate. I don't disagree with him. Yeah. I agree. Most voters have only just begun to analyze the differences between the dueling Republican stars as the 2024 presidential election season opens under a cloud of unprecedented scandal. Should Trump be charged, DeSantis supporters can see that Trump would likely benefit politically, in the short term at least, as the GOP base rushes to defend their former leader from what they see as a weaponized justice system. But in the long term, DeSantis's team believes primary voters will view Trump's legal challenges as an acute reminder of his extraordinary baggage that could lead to another Republican disappointment in 2024. Thoughts? Thoughts are as follows. I think DeSantis, like mentioned earlier, is a very dangerous candidate. He, however, I feel like is not, it's just like he's in such a tricky spot because the GOP hasn't strayed from the Trumpism and there's this base is still obsessed with him and Trump Mm -hmm. isn't a team player so he doesn't really give a shit about the party he gives a shit about himself and so he just wants the attention on him and so he's not want to be like passing the torch now like no he obviously like wants to keep this going because he's a narcissist Um, that's why he did in the first place you know right and yeah, again, it's just going to be really interesting to see what he does, especially given like these legal troubles that Trump is in and how that's going to play with his base. Like, obviously, the base is pissed about that. But if something actually happens where Trump can't run or he has actually gets arrested or whatever, you know, those outcomes could be. Is DeSantis waiting for that to happen to announce? Like, why hasn't he announced yet? It, it does give off a little like, I'm scared energy. And it's just the way that, like, the entire GOP has to tiptoe around Trump still because of the space that follows him. And I think there's still a pathway to win, honestly, without the Trump base, because I think people kind of overestimate it. But nobody wants to go there or, like, test that theory. You know what I mean? So it's like, but Trump is already starting this attack and full-on battle with DeSantis. So I feel like it's like, He's already tarnishing your image image with this base. Right. You might as well, honestly, just like fight back, launch your campaign and try and gain a different base and maybe like bring in some of those classic Republicans who don't really fuck with Trump anymore. And like that person said in the beginning of this article is concerned about the way he's upset people and the legal troubles and everything. Like there is, I think, a big group of people who do care about the legal shit. But again, like nobody really wants to go there in the GOP. So, but again, I honestly like want yeah, but Trump then it's to like be, he... the, be the candidate because yeah, me too. I think DeSantis is way more dangerous to Joe Biden than Donald Trump is. So, totally agree with that. I totally agree with that. I also I feel like at this point it's like he's already come for your jugular. Like exactly. either jump in or don't. Like what's the point? But I will say that I think the legal troubles thing you know it's such a like this is where like politics just gets hypocritical all over again right it's like oh the legal woes then of trump but then we're not going to talk about george santos or we're not gonna you know what i mean like it what is the phrase that i heard the other day and i was actually talking about a bravo thing classic guys i really you know need to get off that train but i won't it was talking about I'm all caught up with this phrase. Rules, by the way 
You tell me this now. I know. Sorry. Tell me I'm now. sorry. Not, not to break your train of thought, but I just. Oh, selective outrage. That actually brought me mm. back. So thank you. Oh, but who? Oh, that was Chris Rock's. The title of his. Oh, is that what of that his is? comedy special? I think. Yeah. Selective outrage. And then Giggly Squad was talking about mm. it because yeah. I haven't watched the special. That makes sense. I was like, because I wouldn't have watched. No offense to Chris Rock, just not my humor. No, but it's such was, a genius, like, selective outrage. It's, like, so valid in today's world. It's so true. And mm-hmm. I think, like, Vanderpump is a great example of that. I think that's what the context is that they're talking about it. And this is, like, like politics is so about that, the selective mm-hmm. outrage. And yeah. I don't know. Well, I, you know what's funny is I keep thinking, too, it's, like, even just from our uh, – multiple of the conversations that we've had today just in this episode like in the way that we've talked about from you know the tiktok thing and like it being a bipartisan issue and how there are democrats who are threatening this ban who are very establishment and have their own incentives behind this and we should be absolutely looking to them it's really interesting because i feel like this party now it's like the democrats have their problems and i have many criticisms about the party as a whole, especially the very establishment side of the Democratic Party. But there's no like specific person that's like, oh my God, they're heinous. You know what I'm saying? Like, whereas like in the GOP, there's, there's all these like characters that are like, just mm-hmm. continue to like be the, the problem. Yeah, there's all these like villains that you can actually point to and like criticize. But like the but the Republican Party is so loyal to people and like the they're their basis that they're like loyalists. And no matter what they do, they can't hold these people accountable. They're buying their fucking merch. They're wearing them on their fucking t-shirts like freaks, you know. Whereas just in the Democratic Party, I feel like ever, people are a little more just like values based and are like hand voting here because of the values versus like, I'm not obsessed mm-hmm. with this candidate or I'm not obsessed with this person. But that's what it's like on the Republican side is that people get obsessed with a specific person, Trump, DeSantis, whoever. And that's why I think it's just going to be so interesting to see how this primary Republican primary plays out because of the obsession from this base for Trump and then it's just going to make it really hard for the party to pick a new leader or to have anybody else win besides Trump. Does that make sense? Yeah. I don't know. And just like, it's just interesting how different that is. Right. To your point, the behavior in the party itself is mm-hmm. different. Yeah. Because there are people within the democratic party that challenge those people regularly. Right. Right. Like AOC and Nancy Pelosi, not BFFs. And for a reason mm-hmm. on the Republican side, like, I mean, everyone's in a skirmish all the time, but like publicly. No. Yeah. There's been a little more, I guess, well, I guess McCarthy's little internal situation. battling within the, the party. Yeah. I feel like recently, mostly because of this like post Trump era where they're trying to kind of like figure yeah. out where they need to go. And so I think in turn, that's made a lot of them kind of battle a little bit more than what we're used to whereas usually they're also loyal to each other but yeah that's why i'm just really excited honestly to see this all play out especially through the primary once we get to the general obviously i'm gonna be a stress case but like this primary is gonna be so fucking entertaining and we're just it's just getting started but i'm just so curious to see what santis does when he's gonna announce why he's being a little pussy about it because again you're like already getting attacked you're already getting your name tarnished in the space like you kind of hiding and not fighting back is honestly just worse for your brand. I feel like if anything, that base wants to see you stand up and like. Totally. You know, because they're that's what they like about that's Trump. what they his like. Chaos, his mess, his I'm so direct, blah, 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 blah scenario. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, wow, that was a lot of talking. I am talked out at the moment. So we're going to wrap our top stories with all of that said. Lots of thoughts on our end today, but Mm -hmm. those are our top stories of the day. And we have a really, really great episode tomorrow with my mayor. 
Mayor London Breed of San Francisco. Very excited. This was a really fun interview and a very interesting one. A lot of kind of like mind-blowing pieces, especially for me just living here. I'm like seeing some of the issues in San Francisco being like, why aren't these solutions happening? Mayor Breed like runs us through why. And it's just, I feel like a really enlightening episode, especially because there's so much I feel like in the media about her and about some of the solutions she takes on. And I think the, the media just doesn't like fully paint the full picture of what it's like to be an elected official and be a leader in this city because of all the bureaucracy and red tape that surrounds how our government functions here. So very interesting stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have to say that was like one of my biggest takeaways from that conversation. And I remember us talking about it right after of like the amount of red tape that y'all deal with is insane. And I think Mm -hmm. this sheds some light on it. I'm sure we will have follow-up conversations that get into it even more. Like, I think that would also just be like such an interesting conversation to have from like a range of perspectives. But regardless, this one is great. Literally also, we can't forget that we got an amazing food rack. I still haven't tried it yet, but (gasps) Mayor Breed gave me her favorite restaurant in the city. And it's like this hole-in-the-wall Chinese place that I'll have to try. Well, that's all for today, folks. We'll be talking to you tomorrow. Toodaloo. Doodles. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.